Welcome to the New England Baseball Journal podcast. I'm your host, Dan Guttenplan. Today's guest has established one of the top programs of any public high school in New England with 10 players on his current roster on track to play college baseball. Brendan Morrissey is the head coach at Milton High School in Massachusetts, as well as co-founder of the Matt Duffy Baseball Academy. He took over as the Milton High coach four years ago and has since developed a program that is providing players with a chance to extend their respective baseball careers at colleges like Northeastern, UMass Lowell, Wheaton College, and South Regina. Brendan will share his blueprint for how to get top prospects to embrace public school baseball. We'll also see if he can offer tips for helping players get looks and offers from college coaches. Before we get to Brendan, I will quickly go through some of the ways that you can enjoy more content from New England Baseball Journal. Number one, check out all of our latest stories at BaseballJournal.com. Number two, get the winter edition of New England Baseball Journal mailed to your home later this month by clicking on the subscribe tab at BaseballJournal.com. And finally, number three, subscribe to the New England Baseball Journal podcast on your preferred platform so that you can get an alert every time a pod drops. Thanks for listening to the New England Baseball Journal podcast. Here's Milton High baseball coach Brandon Morrissey, who is joining us in studio. Hey, Brandon, thanks so much for joining us in studio. Appreciate you having me. Happy to be here. Yeah, so we did, um, as you know, we did the story on Baseball Journal a couple of weeks ago, and we actually had a few coaches of public school teams reach out to us in the aftermath. They wanted to hear more about how you've kind of managed to make your program somewhat of a feeder uh, system for, you know, D1, D2, D3 college programs and then also you know had the program 17 and 3 last year made it to the state sectional final so it was it's been a program on the rise that a lot of people want to know more about and how you've gotten to to do it now I think the one thing that kind of reflected when I talked to your guys you gave me uh three or four guys to talk to who are committed to colleges they seem to really take a lot of pride in uh, sticking with the public school route, not going the prep school route or private school, even through a pandemic when getting looks and getting recruited was a little bit more difficult, especially after the loss of the 2020 season. Uh, how have you convinced guys uh, to come to Milton High School and then stay there uh, once once they're there? So, yeah, it really starts with their talent. They can play, but they also have the grades. So. When the coaches go through the transcript and, you know, start to figure out who they are, it shows they're really dependable people in every facet of their life, right? And they're not going to be an academic challenge when they get to college. They're going to be successful. They're prepared to handle the, you know, rigorous academics with the tough schedule in college, right? Yeah. Busy, busy day. So, and then when they look at the tuition bill, a lot of it comes from academic money, right? So many kids want to get a scholarship here or there. More money comes from their academics than the athletic scholarships. So uh, it's been a pleasure coaching them. I'm glad they all stayed at home. Um, helped us kind of build a program. That is such a good message because you think of it, uh, you see these guys in the you know training and batting cages or in the indoor facilities during the winter, and you see all the work they're putting in, but you're right. The, the better you have uh, in terms of your academic transcript, the more doors you have open to you, the more schools that you have recruiting you and that are able to bring you in and get you involved in the program. Um, in terms of player development, you know, you get, like you said, you got talented guys and good students, uh, but they're obviously progressing and getting offers, you know, later in their high school career. What's your process or what is your philosophy on player development? 
again, it's putting in the hours during the season. So the high school, public school is a little different, right? There's only you know, certain months of the year you can actually work with the players and coach them. So a lot of the kids are in great programs, and there's so many around now. There's one or two in almost every town you go to, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them are with you know my business partner, Matt Duffy, and I. Other folks are out at all these other programs that are really good, too. So during the winter, uh, they all train at their respective programs. And then during the high school season, we do. We put in the time. We show up every day, try to run a structured practice, teach them the game. Uh, and really our focus is on good habits from day one, right? Get them mm-hmm. into baseball habits, move like a ball club, things like that. So, But, again, most of the work in the winter is done at their respective clubs. And then you you actually founded uh, Matt Duffy Academy along with Matt Duffy, who's a former yep. big leaguer. Uh, how many of your guys are training with you in the off season at uh, MDA? With the younger groups, a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of kids. There's a lot of kids from Milton. But the last few years, Duff and I have been able to grow that way. There's kids coming from you know all over, all over the South Shore. One family comes from Harwich, a couple from the city. So it's starting to expand a little bit, which we like to see. Wow. So your guys, um, your players seem to take a lot of pride in sticking together throughout the pandemic and kind of refusing to explore other options. Is that something you hear them talk about, you know, in team meetings or even at the end of the season when they're resetting goals for the next year? Yeah, they love playing together. And, you know, like I was mentioning, we have a great staff at Milton High, too. It's not about me at all. There's guys that volunteer their time. You know, we have four other guys on staff. They do a great job, and they're all from Milton. And everyone except one of them went to Milton High. So there's that type of bond that we're able to develop with the players. We live their life in the same shoes, same neighborhood, same park they're playing at, same school they went to. Uh, so we do have a really positive culture uh, that comes from their work ethic. But, again, it's all guys that kind of, you know, live their life, right? So they can relate to us. We can relate to them. Uh, and they found a place to be successful. So there's no way – there's no reason they can't get to any level of baseball through a public school system. Yeah, that's great. That's a great message uh, for guys who, you know, just either want to be loyal to their high school programs or maybe they don't, um, you know, have the money to do the prep school or private school route. And, you know, you can explore – all of the options and then fulfill your dreams even staying with the public schools. Yeah, you, you kind of hit something that's a good point there is the, the financial aspect, right? Like all these private schools, yeah, some folks have the money to do that. That's great. Uh, I, I When I'm talking with younger players and their parents making their decision about going private or coming to the high school, I do point out the need to go to graduate school, right? Further education, right? A bachelor is probably not going to be enough in today's day and age, right? Depending on your field. So by being able to save some money in high school, go to a good program, have people that care about your kid, push them in the right direction, open up doors for them. They're also saving money to push them further on the back end of college too, right? Maybe they'll have a little bit more financial wiggle room to go ahead and pursue a graduate degree. Mm -hmm. And when we talk to college coaches, a lot of times they say, you know, they want to establish these relationships with travel ball coaches and high school coaches and that it takes trust, you know, that they're going to come to you sometimes. They're going to say, hey, I got, I need, I have a spot, you know, I have a spot in this recruiting class is there anybody that you would recommend? And you hear trust a lot, but you also need to, you know, establish those relationships, which you probably have, you know, in your four years at Milton High School. You have to um, get to know all the different coaches in the area, and then you have to advocate for your players as well. Can you take me through that process from, you know, start to finish on how you're reaching out to coaches and really getting these players uh, on the radar? Yeah, again, I tell the players, you have to be good, and, and that's something that parents have a tough time understanding too, right? Everyone wants their kid to be a D1 ball player. They have to have the ability to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and folks really overlook how hard it is to play Division three baseball. Uh, it's a commitment. It takes a serious level of talent and commitment to do that, and so many folks get lost on that piece. Um, but the way that we do it, we're not afraid to send an email to a coach. Uh, it's been very nice to see how responsive the college coaches are in this area. Uh, they follow up. They come see the players, and again – 
we can ask them to come see the player. The player has to be good, right? Yeah. And they have to do the little things well. So we've been able to, luckily, with the talent we've had, develop relationships with different coaches throughout, especially the Northeast. So mm-hmm. that's been nice um, to just keep building each year. And one thing that you had mentioned when we were doing the story, uh, you've got guys, once you kind of get this pipeline going, guys are going to get looks when recruiters aren't necessarily out to see them, you know, because mm-hmm. you might have a junior on the team who's getting looked at by Northeastern and UMass Lowell, and then all of a sudden they see a sophomore and say, hey, that kid could play here too. He's really, you know, a strong player. How does that process play out, and uh, how do they, you know, shift their attention and say, hey, we're now we're recruiting both of these guys? Yeah, it's something I try to point out to every coach we talk to, and it happened. You know, Charlie Walker goes ahead and gets an offer from Northeastern. Brian Foley does the same thing with UMass Lowell, and then each of those coaches say, hey, who else do you have, right? And then we go on to the next kid and try to, you know, change the focus onto who's coming next, right? So they were able to do that for Owen McHugh. He now has a scholarship to go to UMass Lowell. Next kid, there's a lot more other guys in there that are going to do the same thing. So the coaches want to know who the next guy is. We're happy to tell them. And like I say to the kids, though, you know, we're not going to go ahead and lie or try to, you know, false market them in a sense, right, because we have to have the trust with the coaches, right? Yeah. When, they, when they show up to see you, you have to be as advertised like we said you were, or they're going to stop showing up. Yeah. Congratulations to Owen. I actually talked to him yeah. uh, like a week ago, and I think he was like a day or two away from announcing yep. his decision to UMass Lowell. It was a funny conversation because I was like, hey, are you are you planning to play D1? And he's like, yes. And I was like, where? He, he couldn't tell me. And, uh, you know, he's like, all I can tell you is, Yes, uh, there's a scholarship offer out there, and I'm going to announce it in the next day or two. So it was a it was a funny conversation, but I'm glad it worked out. And UMass Lowell is a great school for baseball. Yeah, Owen had a clue what he was doing um, or where he wanted to go. It was two really good offers, and then we we really work with the kids uh, on how to have the conversation with the coach they're not going to go to, and make sure that they actually pick up the phone and call him. Like no one from Milton High is going to come and text the coach or send an email. They're going to call him and say, "Hey, thank you for recruiting me." Unfortunately, I'm not going to be coming to your school. I'm going to go here. Uh, and, again, like thanks again for everything you've done for me. I think they learn a lot through that conversation. It's very difficult. They role play it with us. Uh, you know, Owen would laugh about that now. You know, they've all, they all kind of dropped the ball the first round and then figure it out. Um, but on the flip side of that, it was great to hear the response from the coaches. You know, you can sometimes hear stories of coaches maybe not being so happy when those phone calls happen. All these coaches around here have handled themselves with the utmost class and, you know, wish the kids nothing but the best. That's interesting. I, I wouldn't think of that uh, aspect of the process. But, yeah, that's a different – it's like the breakup call, you know, yeah, where yeah. it's a difficult one to make, but got to be direct, I guess. And you would think the coaches would, would understand. Yeah, and it, they put a lot of time in, too, so I think they absolutely deserve that call back. And like I say, you don't know what's going to happen when you get to college. Program could close. You might have to transfer for whatever reason, and you're going to need those connections to fall back on. So ending that on good terms is just a great lesson to learn. Yeah, and from the college coach's perspective, you know, if there's money on the table, they're going to want to use that, you know, on another player. So, yep. you know, that's the least they could do is at least say, hey, you have whatever it is, 50% scholarship to give somebody else now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard from coaches, you know, especially during the pandemic, everybody's trying to get creative on how to uh, get these guys looks, how to get them seen, how to get them on the radar. I've heard from coaches who said they have scout days. You know, maybe they'll have, you know, college coaches out they'll with the radar guns. They'll have guys pitch do bullpens uh the social media seems to have picked up with a lot more video and uh guys you know at least putting stats on you know maybe they went to a perfect game tournament over the weekend down in fort myers or in uh georgia or something and they'll be like oh it's three for five with two extra base hits has that stuff changed uh even in the four years since you've been at milton high where you're kind of promoting guys more or giving them ways to showcase their skills 
yeah, there's a million different routes you can go with getting exposure. Exposure is so important. You know, the big thing is you got to play, right? You got to play the game. You got to make contributions on the field. You got to be good, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But the way you get in front of the coaches, this whole baseball game has turned into just so much more than it ever was, right? Especially with the recruiting and the tournaments. What I really push guys to do is go to the college camp. You know, if you know you want to go to Boston College, go to their camp. Go get in front of the coaching staff. The whole staff's going to be there. And even if they come see you in a tournament, well, one of the first things they're going to ask is, hey, can you come to our camp, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of ways that you can get ahead of some things and guarantee yourself a pretty good look, right? You could go down to the best tournament there is and hope that the coaches are behind the backstop watching, well, you know, what if they missed your at-bat, right? Things like that. There's a lot of variables where if you go directly to the camp, you express interest, you show them you're interested, and you get a front-row look. So that's something I push all the guys to do. Yeah, that's interesting. Now, I wonder, is there, uh, in terms of your style of play or the way that you want to play at Milton High School, is there a way to kind of design it so that uh, guys will want to come there and they'll want to play? Like maybe it's an aggressive style. Like I'm, I'm thinking more football, you know, University of Florida back in the day when Steve Spurrier was there. If you were a receiver, you were like, hey, they're going to be throwing the ball, you know, 40 times a game. We're going to get a ton of exposure. Are th- is there a style of play that you have that really leads guys to want to come to Milton High or stay there? First, I would say it's the culture, right? Guys show up and play baseball, Milton High, they're having fun, right? right? We try to have fun. We try to emphasize that, say that as coaches. If they're not having fun, what are they doing, right? But as far as the style of play goes, we want them to be able to play fearless, right? Not afraid of failing, right? We're not going to come over the top with any you know constructive criticism. We'll coach them up, but they can't be afraid to fail, right? That's first and foremost. Uh, and then the other part that we do do, which may be different from high public school to public school, is the best players play, right? So if they're a freshman and they're the best player, they're playing. Right, and we've done that every year. Uh, this year, we're at a point where the team's pretty talented. There probably won't be a freshman playing, maybe, right? But in the years past, if they're better, they play. Uh, we're not just going to, you know, give somebody a spot because they're an upperclassman, right? You got to earn that. Right. So, and so you're aware of these guys probably before they get into your program, just from you know working at uh, with Duff at uh, Matt Duffy Academy, and you know guys are coming in. You're aware of them before they even reach high school. Um, I saw, I think it was on your Twitter, you know, the baseball program's Twitter. You're really incorporating uh, little league players, youth, middle school, all the guys kind of into your program to um, help them buy in and get that ownership. Do you think that impacts uh, where they end up going to high school and whether they end up staying at Milton High? Yeah, I think it has to, right? We're around the kids. All of our coaches are involved in the youth leagues, whether it's with the Knights or different things. Uh, We run a camp in the summertime. The high school players are there. The coaches are there. And, you know, the, the young kids really like to see the players, right? These guys are like, you know, it's like Ken Griffey Jr. to them, right, to come up and see Walker, Foley, those guys. Uh, so just the young kids in Milton can see themselves in them, right? Hey, I want to be those guys one day. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and what about what, – what does a typical game look like? Like do you have them, you know, you see it in football with ball boys and stuff like that. Or is there any way to – incorporate them into the game atmosphere or at least have them come as fans? What was great last year is obviously we went on a good run. And because of COVID, there was no neutral sites in the playoffs. So we had the home, Nossett was the one seed, we were the two they dropped in the first round, I think. So we had the home slate the whole way through. Oh, nice. So Cunningham Park was packed. I've never seen so many people there. It was awesome uh, to see the young kids with the Milton Little League hats on or the Knights hats on, and the place was just flooded with kids So and adults. It was great. I even had some people from, you know, the class of 76 come up, some old-timers, and say, hey, we used to play here. That that was really cool to see. So there was a pulse in the town last year. Yeah, it's funny. I My editor lives in Milton, and I was telling him you were going to be on today as a guest, and he said he took his kids. He's got a couple of boys, you know, five and seven. They actually go to uh, Matt Duffy Academy, and he was saying, 
uh, he brought him down a couple of times and, you know, big, big crowd. So he was impressed with it too. Now, do you ever, I know, you know, I said you're, we're kind of in the middle of ISL co- uh, country mm-hmm. here, Milton Academy's right down the street. Um, do you ever go to those ISL games to get a sense of, you know, that level of play or just to kind of compare what you have going? Uh, no, I haven't recently, honestly, during the springtime and the summer, there's so much baseball going on that if I happen to tell my wife I'm going to catch another game for fun, that might be a little bit of an <laughs> issue. Um, but no, I, those leagues are great, you know, and those schools are great. Uh, and there's nothing against them at all. It's just if you're in Milton and you want to come up to the public school, you know, we have a program running there. It's done well for the kids in the past. And I think they can get a great education there, too. You know, it's nothing against those other schools. It's just what's in front of us in our town. Yeah. And I saw, too, on uh, I think it was on your Twitter that you're um, really kind of getting the alumni more involved with, you know, I think there's a newsletter mailing list. Mm-hmm. You really want them to be feel like a part of the program. Uh, why is that? Well, one, I think that last year there was a lot of alumni coming back to the field, and I saw there was a lot of interest in supporting the program. So, you know, obviously if we can help get an alumni event going, uh, there's a lot of great people that were part of this program. And then, two, how could it – it's all about the student-athlete experience, right? So how could the alumni benefit the current student-athletes, right? So can they – we get an alumni event going, maybe some fundraising, but then also down the road, like, hey, here's so-and-so's resume, right? Could they help them out with an internship, a job placement, things like that? And when people, I know when I was searching for colleges, big thing was networking, right? Well, what network are you going to be a part of, right? So we just want to keep showing people that, hey, there's a lot of people that want to support you guys coming to Milton High. The New England Baseball Journal podcast will be back after these words. Firecracker Sports serves all first-time and experienced coaches that are looking for quality showcase tournaments to promote their players and teams. We offer the most independently operated baseball and softball events in the Northeast region with qualified staff and college coaches to help you and your players get maximum promotion. Besides events, you can get all your baseball and softball needs with our player profiles, hotels, and even facility sales now. With Firecracker Sports, you can save time, effort, and money by getting all of your events, college resources, and customer attention in one place every season. Looking to keep up with all the latest news and information on New England baseball? New England Baseball Journal and BaseballJournal.com are the premier resources for information and inspiration on the New England baseball scene. Have every issue of New England Baseball Journal, the magazine, delivered to your home or office. And don't forget to stay in the game every day with a digital subscription to BaseballJournal.com to receive baseball coverage on clubs, college commits, prep and high school, division one, two, and three colleges, showcases, rankings, and much more. Get in the game and behind the scenes now by going to baseballjournal.com. Just click on the subscribe button and start the subscription that is right for you today. New England Baseball Journal is a Siemens Media publication. Siemens Media, inspiring, informative, insightful. With your relationship with Matt Duffy, I know he was a former big leaguer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys started the academy, what, 2019? Yep. Um, how did that relationship come together? Did you guys play together or local athletes? So or? Duff and I grew up in Milton together. So we were actually born one day apart. So I always joke I was one day away from being the big leaguer from Milton. But uh, <laughs> it didn't pan out. Um, but no, Duff's been great. We've been buddies since we were younger. When he was playing, it was always something that we wanted to do. You know, we'd go hit together a little bit growing up at different facilities uh, and we said, wow, this would be awesome to have one of our own one day. So I kind of worked with the local town leagues for a while. 
had the Knights program going there, and then when he came home from playing, uh, we decided to open that up and go ahead and see what we could do. Yeah. How does the the coaching style that you would you have you know at the academy differ from the high school team? Obviously, the ages are different. Maybe more of a developmental approach at the academy, or how does it work? It's also very similar. We want to have fun while we're there, right? Like, there's so much pressure on the kids nowadays, you know, to be kind of like perfect or to you know reach the highest levels. It's like, no, let's go step by step. Let's have some fun playing the game, right? So we do keep it loose. We try to have fun. We have a lot of young coaches on our staff, too, that are just coming out of college. A lot of guys that played at Milton High, different schools around here. So we try to keep it loose, give them good instruction, and keep it fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would think um, it, it must have been difficult. Like, like the timing of you starting at Milton High with the start of the pandemic, you know, there's interruptions that you lost a season. Uh, what are some of the biggest challenges uh, that you faced that people may not think about? Or what, what are some of the challenges even at a public school that other coaches can probably relate to, whether they're field conditions or facilities or anything like that? I mean, you hit the nail on the head with the field conditions and everything. We have a great field up at Cunningham Park. We were able to put some money into that recently. Uh, the Little Leagues came together. They were able to help us contribute with that. You know, Duff was able to help. Um, so we have a great field up there, but it took a lot of work. And I don't think people understand how much high school coaches in general and probably at the college level some places too put into the field, right? Like who's lining the field, who's dragging the field, all those things, who's putting the tarps on after. Uh, there's a lot of things that people don't realize that you do as the high school coach. Now, don't get me wrong, we have roles for the players to go ahead, the pitchers tarp that field, the, the mound and all those things, but there's just so much more that goes into it. You know, you're not showing up to Fenway Park and right. it's a nice, clean infield. There's a lot of work that goes into that, and I think every high school coach out there would totally agree with that. Yeah, no field maintenance crew for uh, Cunningham Park? <laughs> no, we they do a great job. Um, yeah. They do. It's just it's very hard to keep up on, and, you know, a lot coaches everywhere put a lot more work into that stuff than people probably realize sure yeah i was just talking to um coach stuper from yale earlier today and he was kind of talking about he's an old school uh philosophy about coaching he wants to see guys put the ball in play he's okay with bunting all that type of stuff but he also does incorporate some technology i think he's got rap soto and hit tracks and that type of stuff are you able to get access to any of that stuff, or do you have it at the academy? We have a lot of technology at the academy. At the high school level, we haven't gotten to the point where we've been able to purchase that. Um, shout out to the alumni out there. Maybe they can start to help <laughs> us out with that. Um, but that's part of the newsletter and things like that, right? How can we keep alumni in touch and provide a better atmosphere and you know better resources for the current student-athletes? So, yeah. But that is something that you it's, – it's a huge part of the game now. You have to incorporate it in different ways. We do different video things on tablets, things like that. Um, but, again, just – at the high school level, we're just trying to provide a good platform, structured practices, and give them an opportunity to develop. Yeah. I've been following uh, the MIAA, uh, and it seems like there's been somewhat of a steady progression and loosening restrictions. Obviously, everybody lost the 2020 season. Mm-hmm. Um, last year, you know, the seasons were all kind of weird with, like, fall sports, too, and, you know, different things like that, shortened schedules in some cases. The MIA season went past july 4th last year um so it was a little screwy last year and then this year it seems like they're getting a little bit closer to normal in what ways uh is the uh uh, pandemic continuing to kind of affect play throughout massachusetts yeah i mean if you look at the we lost the season right i think that spring year no one's lost more throughout that than the spring sports that year And, and that was really tough to deal with meeting with the players on zoom or google hangouts whatever we were using uh, that was difficult, and to see their faces, like these are kids that want to be outside playing the game, right? They they don't want to see us on the, the Zoom screen, and that was really hard to see because you could see it was affecting them, 
Yeah. Right? They wanted to be out there. They knew they had a good group. They wanted to play. Uh, so that part was really difficult. But it's still going on now where you see high school hockey seasons being postponed or paused. Um, and it's tough. It's tough for the kids. You know, there are seniors out there that lost their senior season in high school. That's a big year. It might be the last time some of those guys play baseball, right? They weren't able to do that. And, and then the other domino that falls from that is, especially the juniors that year, that created such a backlog of players at the college level that your average, you know, guy that might be able to sneak, uh, sneak onto a D3 roster now has to go do a prep year after high school, right? We have one guy that's finishing up a prep year now. He's going to click on with a local D3 program, um, but didn't have that option right out of college because of that. So yeah. there's a lot of things that people didn't see and how it affected the kids, even not just the senior level. Yeah. I think the high school kids have had it the, the hardest, you know, when you think yep. about uh, – Losing sports seasons and, like you said, having to do prep years and things like that. And then also, like, my kids are eight and seven, and you tell them to wear masks at school, they wear masks. They're not going to, you know, be critical thinkers like, well, why are we wearing, you know, how does it work? And I feel like high school kids are a little more, you know, they're, why are we doing this? I don't want to wear a mask, you know, which I understand. I I get where they're coming from. Um, And you had mentioned hockey season kind of getting squeezed this year. How do you feel about guys playing multiple sports in high school? You know, three sport athletes, two sport athletes. Uh, you see a lot more now uh, push towards specialization a little earlier. Like if you think you're going, I saw somebody tweet out recently. If you think you want to be a D one baseball player, why not commit to it year round in high school? And then that way you open up those doors where you can see you can become as good as you can be at high school, so you can get recruited. Then you see everybody responding like, "No, high school." That's when you have fun. That's when you learn to compete in other sports and really round out your skill set and become a competitive athlete. And then college, you know, that's when you dedicate yourself to one one sport. Where do you stand on that? Multi-sport guy. Be a multi-sport guy if you can, right? There's so much you can learn through sports, right? We all know that. The chance to compete, even if it's not your best sport, I think you could learn more about your competitive level and how you go about your business in that sport, right, where you're not the best player. Uh, it's facing more adversity. That's only a skill that's going to benefit them later on in life. So I, we do not uh, encourage anyone to give up a sport at Milton High, right? Owen McHugh, three-sport athlete, right? Another kid that got hurt from the pandemic, he probably would have been a three-sport athlete as a freshman, right? Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen often, right? right. Uh, he missed his freshman year. So, no, we and Owen and I talked about that. It's like, no, you go play all the sports you want to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a time to specialize. And, sure, could he maybe be a little bit more advanced than he is now if he had specialized? Maybe, right? But the, he's going to go ahead and do that. He's going to develop, uh, and he's learned a lot from playing. And he's had a ton of fun, mm-hmm. you know. And he's going to play D one. So there's that path right there, yeah. right? You know, yeah. and it's just I think the specialization too. Um, you're, you're just risking your son getting burnt out from that sport, and it might not happen in high school. It might come in college, right? Where they're just kind of tapped. Yeah, uh, you see that. You hear kids say that. Uh, so go play the other sports, have fun, and I still push them. You have to put in the time in the winter, right? You can't just go. Skate, you got to be able to pick up a bat, get your swings, and you got to develop. You got to be in the weight room. Mm-hmm. That's the part that a lot of people miss. Well, he's taking a thousand swings. Great. Is he training? Right. Is he getting stronger? You know, there's going to be a 15 year old. There's 18 year olds of varsity baseball. If you're a 15 year old, it's a big gap, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, you got to invest in other areas too. So, you know, our guys that play multiple sports, they work really hard. You know, McHugh finds ways to get down there and work out in the off season around hockey and all that. So, hmm. that's interesting. Another thing we hear coaches talk about, um, is the parents, you know, dealing with the parents. Some say it's the hardest part of the job, uh, you know, dealing out playing time. Everybody wants their kid to play, you know, seven innings and, you know, get uh, plenty of playing time, get on the mound as much as possible, all that. Uh, You have to juggle, you know, keeping these players healthy, you know, all that kind of stuff. 
how do you deal with uh, setting those expectations for parents so that you're not constantly fielding questions or complaints throughout the season? Again, we point back to the culture. We deal directly with the players. So mm-hmm. the, the player knows exactly why they made what team they made, why they didn't make varsity. They know why they're not in the lineup or what they need to do. And we really work hard to have those conversations. I try to talk to the last guy in the roster more than I talk to the guy at the top of the roster. Um, and then if the parent issues do come up, we're happy to talk. It's just I always point back to, has your son brought this up to me yet? Right? Have your son come bring it up. Hopefully he can come home and learn how to have a tough conversation at home too. Uh, which is something that I think is slowly getting lost, right? Mm. Uh, the player, you at least in our program, knows what's happening and why, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they need to be able to go home and relay that. So we, we really don't have too many parent conversations at the high school. Uh, it's something that we try to keep separate, and really the players need to learn to communicate with the staff and then also take that same message back home. That's good. I like coaching the tough conversations. You know, they have it with their dog, whoever offered them, you know, money at the college level, the coaches that they're turning down, they have it with their parents. That's important. It's funny. My brother is, um, he does like the online dating and that's like the lost art these days. He says, everybody just all of a sudden will disappear, kind of ghost him. He doesn't hear anything. And those tough conversations, I don't think are as prevalent anymore, you know, with people just kind of texting you, Hey, I'm not coming to the school or, you know, that type of thing. Um, so 17-3 and three last year, you guys finished. It was your uh, record. You made it to the state sectional final. Mm-hmm. Is that right? So, And now 10, 10 guys currently on the roster who could end up playing in college. Where do you go from here? Like, What are the goals as you look forward? How, how, where do you see the program going from here? So from year one, the coach and staff and I, we came in and you know the kids were sitting up in the bleachers and we said, hey, we, we came back here. We, we want to win a state championship with something we didn't do as players. And it was something we really wanted to achieve. So that first year, I'm not going to lie, the whole bleachers was looking at us like we were crazy, right? Uh, Maybe we were. But going forward, the kids have now seen that it's a possibility, right? And they know how close they were. So that is our goal. But nothing's really changed because we had a good year last year. That was our goal. We had progressive goals, right? Yeah. Um, And that's been a goal every year that we've been there. So hopefully we'll be able to go out and do that. Uh, One thing we did do differently this year was we did try to, you know, load up the schedule and make it as difficult as we could. So we have some of the top programs. We're going to go up and play Austin Prep. Uh, Catholic Memorial, I used to coach over there, so Hal Carey and I organized the game. Uh, Hal's a great guy. And then uh, who else did we get? St. Mary's of Lynn and Boston Latin. So kind of non-league game, strength of schedule. We're also going to go on the road for those games. Like I said earlier, last year we had the home playoff game all the way through. So I'd love for these guys to be battle-tested early in the season. Take a long bus ride up to St. Mary's, up to Austin Prep, right? Get off the bus, face a really strong team, and learn how to compete in that way, that type of environment. So when we do show up in the playoffs on the road, which I'm assuming will happen at some point, either neutral site, hopefully in the finals, right, mm-hmm. they'll be a little bit more battle-tested. Yeah, those are really strong. Pro- Austin Prep, they're moving to, uh, yep. you know, pre- the prep school, what is it, NES, uh, NEC, uh, anyway, they're, they're moving to one of those prep school conferences. And uh, they have Evan Blanco, who's, um, mm-hmm. you know, one of the best pitchers in the state. And then St. Mary's of Lynn has Avon, uh, Avon Cabral, Cabral who's, yep. uh, he's going to Northeastern. So, yeah, you guys will have your work cut out for you with that. But it's good, you know, for guys who are going to go play D1, you know, those are the guys you want to face. Yeah, uh, Cabral and Walker will be teammates at Northeastern. So we were one game away from playing them. That would have been a great matchup in the finals. But Hawkington uh, got the best of us that day, and they went up to face them. So... Uh, hopefully, you know, uh, Avon will be on the mound that day, maybe a little walk, two teammates going at it in high school, and they'll have a great story to tell at Northeastern. Yeah, those guys both played in the uh, WWBA championships, uh, world championships down in, that was in Florida somewhere mm-hmm. this year. Um, 
how closely do you follow those guys and how do they how do they kind of link up i think they were on the red sox scout team mm-hmm. how do they get on those teams with uh steve labasny from uh the show yeah those guys do a great job of finding the best players around and you know charlie plays with the nakona program and they do a great job of networking and helping their players get to the best level so uh but again those scout teams are run by guys that really know the game they know the area um and they find the best players and give them an opportunity a platform to go play hmm and uh, with the Matt Duffy Academy, are those the types of tournaments that um, you would try to get your guys into, or what? To, you're in the New, ba- New Balance Select, right? Correct. Yeah. So some of our older teams, like we just booked a perfect game tournament. Uh, our 15 year old team's pretty talented group. Um, great group of kids. We're taking them down to the uh, University of Tennessee where Matt went to school. So there's a tournament there. We're going to take them down there. Uh, they'll play in that. Get a little exposure outside of New England. See where they stack up. Oh, good. Well, that's good. Well, I'm glad uh, we got you in here. I know, you know, a ton of coaches were interested to hear, you know, how you've assembled such a program that's just pumping out college athletes. You know, you're getting better and better every year. So uh, I really appreciate you taking the time, especially coming in in studio. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks to Brendan Morrissey for joining the pod. Before we close out, a few programming notes. Rate, review, subscribe to the New England Baseball Journal podcast on your preferred platform. Be sure to subscribe so you can get an alert every time a pod goes live. To keep up with all things New England baseball, visit BaseballJournal.com. Click the subscribe tab to get the winter edition mailed to your home or office. Follow us on Twitter at NE underscore baseball. Thanks again for listening. The New England Baseball Journal podcast is a Siemens Media podcast. <laughs>